Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Friday night, Brother Osborne was preaching and, and talking about other gods around us and what a powerful message. And he had the whole uh, congregation just begin to shout out uh, the Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Man, and the Lord just entered into that place in a mighty way. Amen. Everybody say, there's one God. There's one Lord. One faith. One baptism. Hallelujah. I want to say that when, when people ask you questions about what you believe, if you don't have book, then just say, well, that's what I feel. But if you got books, it doesn't matter what my opinion is. It's what this book says. It's what the Bible says. And uh, so it is all in Him. Praise the Lord. Lord, we love you today. Let's take a minute and pray. Lord, we praise you, God, for this, this morning. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, in this, this time. God, we love you, Lord. You are so good to us, Lord. We praise you. Open up our hearts, God, today to your word, Lord, and to your presence. We love you, God. We love you, God. Amen. I want to point you today to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 and then also Romans chapter 8. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Y'all are beautiful folk. Thank you for joining us online. We appreciate that. And uh, we are glad that you have the opportunity to be online. But I want to tell you, there's nothing like being in-house, is there? Nothing. And so we appreciate you being here today, faithful to the house of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 31. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 31. Ye shall, everybody say, ye shall. shall. It's not an option. This is, ye shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and ye shall possess it and dwell therein. You're going to go over Jordan, you're going to go into the land God promised. You're going to possess it. You're going to take it. Some by force. Some by not force. But then you're going to live there. You're going to dwell there. That's the promise. That's the divine destiny. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. A verse that we commit to scripture and to memory. A verse of scripture we commit to memory. And we know. Just like we shall. 
we know that all things work together for good but it doesn't stop there to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose I submit to you this morning God has a purpose and a destiny for every one of us the purpose greater and grander than you could ever think and I want to go to that place I want, to, I want to find that destiny. Heavenly Father, we love you today. and We thank you, God, for your word. God, we want to help, Lord, in this thought of the key, Lord Jesus, uh, to divine destiny. We, want to, we don't want to understand how to enter into, Lord, what, what the Hebrews typified and pictured for us. God, we want to do it spiritually and be in our purpose. Uh, in Jesus' name. We pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. God is so good. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Heaven's destiny for you is loftier than your dream for yourself. God's plan for you and I exceeds what we think. He's designed a promised place, a place for you to be a purpose for you to fulfill. Even back in the example of Jeremiah where the Lord said in 29 and 11, I know the thoughts, I know the plans, I know the purpose, I know the destiny. The Lord said that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. We look from birth towards life not knowing the future. Our God stands at the end, and He knows our end from the beginning. He understands us from that expected end point where God wants to promise us and lead us into our destiny. Matter of fact, Jeremiah, the Lord said, I have a destiny for you, and I knew that destiny when you were in your mother's womb. Before you were ever born, I had a destiny for you. A thought that I, uh, I was listening to a podcast and it cultivated a thought in my mind. But the reason that abortion is so terrible is that it not only kills a life, it kills every life that that life was going to produce. It kills the possibility of whatever, whatever uh, uh, family member that that person would produce and bring about God's plan for humanity. What a tragedy abortion is. But God has a divine destiny for me and for you. God has a divine destiny that we need to walk into. I believe it is, it is a destiny that He has set. But He's also given us something called the free will. That helps us or hinders us. On to that destiny. As Brother Osborne said yesterday, he said that um, no one gets married and says, Oh, by the way, let's save for divorce. They're going to get married and they're not going to be planning for divorce. But, uh, uh, it, but still yet, divorce happens and, 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 and situations happen. We, our lives can take detours and our lives can move down different transitions from that destiny. It is up to us to find the key to stay on track for our divine destiny. To keep on the right path to our 
divine destiny. Why is it that so many struggle and come up short of that purpose? What keeps us from divine destiny? Why are we not walking as, as faithfully and permanently in the purpose of God as we should? When we study Israel, Israel gives to us a picture of walking into destiny. They provide for us a type and an understanding of what it takes to get into your destiny. Israel's history paints this picture to show us that God has a promised destiny of provision and a place that he has for us to be in him. Israel's destiny as a people was based on a promise that he made to one man. One man called Abraham. He said, your your seed will be as the sands of the seashore. God also promised him a land. He said, your seed is going to dwell in this land. He he said this to to Abraham in 12 and 1 of Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What a promise. But he said it is also connected to a land, a little spot of ground. And that has been a battleground for centuries because of that promise. But the Lord said to Abram, I'm going to give that to you. Then he renewed that covenant and he told in Genesis 35 and 12, God reveals that promised land to Abraham and he promises it to Isaac, to Jacob and all their descendants. For hundreds of years and even still today, the hope of the Hebrew is going to the promised land. Those that that would live in other countries would say, next year in Jerusalem. When they would celebrate the Passover, they would say, next year in Jerusalem. It, it, It means a lot to them because it is still connected to a land of promise. Their promised destiny sustained, that was sustained over hundreds of years. They spent in Egypt hundreds of years and the promise still remained. Until eventually Joseph said before he died, When I die, take my bones with you because you're going to your promise. You're going to your destiny. You're going to the place that God had said. For the Lord said, I will bring you unto the land concerning which I did swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it you for an heritage. I am the Lord. In Exodus 6 and 8, God always has a promise for his people of divine destiny, of divine will. Amen. That we would go to where God wants us to go. How many of you want to go where God wants you to go? How many of you want to reach the purpose and the destiny you were born to have? The message was crystal clear. I have a place of promise. I want you to live. I have a land I want to give to you. Amen. Everything you need is in that place. 
Everything that you will need is in the confines of the borders of that promise. I've given you the land, but you've got to go get it. And you have to live there. God has a plan and a place for you and I. But we have to be willing to go get it and live there. It is His will to lead us into greener pastures. But we've got to go to those greener pastors. It is his will that every every one of us have a purpose. Amen. And that purpose is full of his riches. Full of his treasures. But we've got to reach for it. We've got to go for it. Amen. There are times that the will of God. And the destiny of a God has for us. Can seem indistinguishable. Amen. There are times that we can't recognize it readily. But. When scripture says distinctly, this is where you to go. This is the way you to live. And it's marked unmistakably clear concerning God's plan. It is up to us to deliberately decide, are we going to obey? Are we going to not obey? Somebody say amen. God had a promise for his people. He had provisions for his people. He had instructions for his people on how to reach that. Look at Deuteronomy 9 and 1. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan. Somebody say, go over Jordan. This day to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself. Cities great and fierce up to heaven. God told Israel, I've got what you need, but it's on the other side of Jordan. My provision for you is on the other side of Jordan. My inheritance for you is on the other side of Jordan. The tabernacle is going to be permanently set up on the other side of Jordan. The Ark of the Covenant is going to be constructed and remained on the other side of a Jordan. On the other side of Jordan is where milk and honey flows. On the other side of Jordan is where grapes are so big that one cluster has to be carried between two men on a stick. On the other side of Jordan, I've got houses that you have not built that I want you to live in. I've got, I've got, I've got fields that you didn't plant that you're going to harvest. I've got a destiny for you on the other side of Jordan that's going to blow your mine but you've got to cross over to get to it in Israel's journey from Egypt there was two water crossings that they went through amen God's will and God's plan took Israel through these two water crossings the first one you remember was the the Red Sea The Red Sea is a type of leaving the world. They were leaving slavery and Egypt behind. They had to sever themselves from the connection of Egypt. And so they separate themselves from Egypt to show by crossing across the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army being destroyed, amen, in the Red Sea, they were saying, goodbye, slave master. Goodbye to that which told me how to live, when to get up, what to do, where to go. I'm headed to a new direction. I'm headed for a new direction. But that's what should only have taken a few days. Took 40 years because they left Egypt, but Egypt did not leave them in their mind. So they needed another river crossing. They needed another water crossing called the Jordan River. The word Jordan means uh, descender 
are to let down or to let go. The Jordan River crossing speaks of us dying to self. It means going in the fullness of what God has for us. We have said goodbye to the world. We've wandered in the wilderness for a generation. But now we are saying from this point and on we are going to die to self. I will tell you before you can step into your destiny. Amen. One of the things that has to happen is goodbye to the world and dying to self. Goodbye to what once held us and dying to self. Amen. That is why we've got to go to the other side of Jordan. Amen. Because on the other side is our promise. On the other side is our victory. On the other side is our provision. Amen. But we need to make sure that we're crossing the Red Sea of separation from our slavery and the Jordan crossing of slavery to our flesh. But between those two places is a vast wilderness of wandering. Forty years. Forty years of wandering. Amen. Forty years of death because they rejected God. They did not have a, a belief structure until a new generation Come up and this new generation, as it is moving forward, they, they see the blessing of the promise. But but it's interesting, but before the second crossing of the water, right next to the Jordan, on the ops, on the on this side, on the wilderness side of Jordan, there's a territory called Gilead and Jazer. Gilead and Jazer bordered the Jordan River. It was very close to the land of fullness and the land of the promise. But it wasn't really the promised land. Amen. We, we, we can say that this is kind of like a, a middle ground. It wasn't Egypt and it wasn't the wilderness, but it wasn't the promise. It, it wasn't the wilderness. It wasn't the promise. It was kind of that in-between. It was that in-between. You know, they're surrounded by idolatry uh, and they're surrounded by issues, uh, uh, but they like where they are. Look, look at Numbers chapter 32 and verse number 1. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. These are ranchers. They, they've, got, they've got a lot of cows. And, and, and when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that behold, the place was a place for cows. This looks like a good place for cattle. This is a good place to raise what we've got. It looks good for us here. This is a wonderful place. And the children of, of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eliezer the priests and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Ashtoreth, Bibbon, and Jazer, and Nimrah, and Heshbon, and Ilion and Shimba and Nimbo and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land of cattle, and thy servants have cattle. We, we, we like it here. We wanna, we, this fits us, uh, and I know it's not really where we should be, but it fits us. We like it. We, we, we want to be here. They don't have a clue what's on the other side of Jordan. They don't know nothing about the pastures that God has provided for them. They have 
haven't seen the glory and the wonder and the beauty. They have yet to go into to the, to the valley uh, that is just such a beautiful valley still to this day. Where, where, where we call it the, the battle of Armageddon is, is to occur. But today it is a beautiful valley. And they raise three crops a year in this valley. It's beautiful. But no, on this side, we like it here. We like where we are. We were going to stay here. And so two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh liked this place because they felt it suited them better. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, this new generation who had never seen the promised land said, we like where we are. We love where we are. Amen. We know the promise is on the other side, but we like where we are. They couldn't envision in their head anything better than where we are. This is as good as it gets right here in this middle ground. We're not in the wilderness and we're not in the promised land, but we're just right here kind of liking it where we are. Amen. But, uh, we, we, we've come a long ways. We're tired. Amen. This place meets our needs. So we're not going to go any further. We're going to stay right here. Notice what they said. We will not inherit the land on yonder side of Jordan. Verse 19 in that chapter reads, We will not inherit on the other side of Jordan. God said on the other side of Jordan is your promise. And two and a half tribes of, of Reuben, uh, of Gad, and half of Manasseh said, We like it here. We know God has that. I want to tell you, I don't want to settle for almost to my promise. I don't want to settle for almost to my destiny. Almost to the place. But I like it here. This is wonderful. It suits me. This is where cows can be fed here. And we can raise them on this side. And we will not inherit. What a sad statement. What a sad story. Not living in Egypt. Not living in their destiny, not in the wilderness, just in a no man's land. Crossing Jordan, though, would mean that they would have to separate themselves from their concepts, their selfish concepts, their selfish perception of this is how it ought to be. If we're going to go into our destiny, we're going to have to be willing to cross the muddy Jordan waters of separation and consecration and say, I've got to get rid of myself to get into my destiny. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and follow after me. I can't have my purpose and God's purpose at the same time. I've got to have God's purpose. Amen. And say goodbye to the flesh. Jordan is the crossing that speaks of the death of self-will of selfishness. They flinched at this because they liked it. Again it was the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Gad, and half of Manasseh. We find that, that Reuben, his name means a son who sees. A son who sees. He was Jacob's firstborn son, but he lost his birthright because he was driven by his lust. Jacob, in his dying hour, said of Reuben, Thou that defilest that went up to my couch. 
You slept with the wrong one. You, you, you let your, your lust consume you. Amen. Jacob described his son Reuben as one as unstable as water. You will not excel. Amen. Reuben had an eye. An eye because of what he wanted. He had an eye for the world. He had an eye for his flesh. He had an eye for his lust. He was blinded from spiritual revelation because his eye was on himself. What I want. What I need. I want to tell you, this is the battle of this generation. Amen. I don't care what the word says. Don't matter what my preacher says. Don't matter what the convictions say. I'm going to do my own thing how I want to do it. And I'm going to live how I'm going to do it because this is good for me right here. This is good for me. Reuben, it, it's good for me. What catches my eye? Amen. I want to tell you, I don't have, I don't have the authority, and you and I don't have the authority to change this book, to change what scripture says. I don't have the authority. Now I can change tradition, Brother Chris, and I can change preferences, but I can't change what the book says. I can't change what the promise is. And they wanted to change. And have it a little different way. So you have the lust of the eye in Reuben. Gad means a fortune or a troop. They were sword, soldiers of fortune. They were mercenaries. But look what Moses said of Gad in Deuteronomy 33 and 21. It says that he provided the first part for himself. Gad provided the first part for himself. Gad was Outwardly obedient, stating that he had executed the justice of the Lord, but he overrode that justice by his own self-interest. Gad was consumed with pleasing his self and his flesh. Gad's philosophy is, I'll be obedient as long as it is good for me and take care of me. I'll take care of my family. I'll set up what's good for me. I'm not concerned about what God says, but I'll fight uh, uh, to help you get what you want, but it's not for me. There are some people that will defend the doctrine, defend convictions, defend this kind of belief, but they will not go themselves. Going to just stay over here. That's Gad. That's Gad. Half of Manasseh. Manasseh means to forget or to neglect. This was Joseph's firstborn son. He should have received the birthright. But even in his childhood, there was a sad trait developing in Manasseh. Manasseh, you are destined for greatness, but your pride will get you in trouble. Uh, uh, he, he, could, he could have felt like I should be the one that is in the lead. Amen. Not my brother. Amen. This was supposed to be my best day in my life. This was supposed to be my privilege. I was supposed to be in this position. Amen. Manasseh had an extra incentive to go all the way because he had a casket that he was responsible for to carry through the wilderness and back to the promised land. His great grandfather Joseph was with them. I want to tell you what, I have a responsibility to say to this church that we've got to continue on the destiny and the direction that God has set since 1914. Amen. When revelation hit that there's one way to be baptized, that's in the name of Jesus. I can't turn back from that promise. Amen. That I need to repent of my sins. Amen. I need to be filled with the Spirit. That's not a, a denomination. That 
is Bible. We follow the Bible. I have, I have an obligation. I have an obligation to my mom and dad who just lived, used to live right over here in a trailer. I have an obligation to them. Amen. I don't live on their faith, but I have an obligation to live in a way that they taught me and showed me. Amen. And how that they lived to love the Lord. Uh, Manasseh, you should stay with the rest of your family. Manasseh, you should stay with the rest of your brothers and sisters. It's not a time for division. But we find these two and a half tribes says, we like it here. We want to be over here. Oh, let me just tell you the condition of people that want to live in the middle ground. They're unstable as water when it comes to spiritual convictions. Never excelling in the things of God. They'll help others, but what won't help themselves. Lukewarm, weak with lust, ruled by selfishness desires and needs neglecting the word not taking God's commandment to heart making their own choices instead of trusting God for their future forgetting his past blessings and dealings with people unwilling to let go of idols and sins justifying their decision because they think they know what is best I want to tell you today that they had been given destiny but they didn't reach it. Think about that. God had given them destiny and purpose, but they didn't reach it. They didn't reach it. Look at Numbers chapter 32. Man, y'all are amening me left and right today. Praise be to God. I, I, I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Numbers 32 and 6. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war? And shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. He said, okay, you're saying you're going to stay here and you're going to send your brothers over to fight for the promise God has given to them. You know, you're not doing yourself any favors for doing that. So the, the, the brothers of Reuben and, and Simi, uh, Reuben and Gad and half Manasseh, they did join in and they went and helped fight to, to get the land of promise. But even to me, that is, that's even more telling that they decided still, I'm going back. I'm going back. I've seen the land, but I'm going back. I, I, I've seen what it will look like, what my inheritance will look like, but I will go back. Amen. Moses was indignant. Amen. You are risen up into your father's stead. You are the descendants of promise, but rather you have become evil men. Amen. He, he, he said that, 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 that uh, their answer should be, we don't care. Or their answer was, we don't care. We're going to go fight, but we don't care. We have our own ideas. We have our own location. If you're not going to live in the land of promise, please don't keep somebody else from doing it. I said, if you're not going to live in the land of promise, you're not going to live in a relationship with God, don't keep someone else from doing it. Hallelujah. I know misery loves company, but just because someone loses their their walk with God and they decide that they're going to leave church, they're not going to live for the Lord, they're going to just leave the Lord, don't don't take somebody with you. 
Don't take somebody with you. You're going to ruin your life, walk away from the Lord. And I realize today I'm preaching not only to you, but those watching and those that will listen to the podcast. If you're, if you're not going to live for God, if you're not going to love the Lord, then by all means go off and do your own thing, but don't bring somebody with you. I said, don't influence your brother or your sister. Don't influence your, your family member that is headed into a fight for their promise and fight for their destiny. Amen. There was a time that Reuben and Gad and half of Manasseh understood their promise and wanted to go, but they decided that going to stay. Paul said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Wilderness living is dangerous living. Let me say it again. Wilderness living is dangerous living. Do you know when the enemy attacked, who was the first tribes that got hit? Reuben, Gad, half of Manasseh, the first ones that got hit. But instead of being like uh, uh, Reuben and, and Gad and, and half of Manasseh, I want to challenge us today to be like Caleb because Caleb gives us an example of how we enter into our destiny. Caleb is a type of those that will go in with force. The kingdom of God serveth violent and the violent taketh by force. It is Caleb that said, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Hallelujah. It is Caleb, the Bible said that he, he wholly followed the Lord in Numbers 14 and 24. He never wavered to the very end. At 85 years of age, he testified and said, As yet I am as strong as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Hallelujah. At 85 years of age, he stands up and said, I want my destiny. I want my promise. And I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle short of what God has promised me. <coughs> Give me this mountain. 85 years old. Praise God. Don't you think our bishop has got the spirit of Caleb? Don't you think our bishop has got the spirit of Caleb? You want an example of how to live for God? Amen. And never quit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. This message is glorious. This idea and concept of Caleb is glory. He died out to sin. You're going to either die in the wilderness or you're going to die out to flesh. Because you get in the promise, you, you, you either die out to the wilderness or die in the wilderness or you die out to sin by crossing over the Jordan. I want to tell you the key to your divine destiny is not determined by outside forces. Your key is not determined by what's happening around you. Your key is not by how big the enemy is, how strong the obstacles are. Your key is keep on moving. Keep moving forward. Keep deciding. I'm going to live for God and I realize not everybody is on the same mile marker of this journey but the most important thing you can do is I'm going one more step today and one more step tomorrow. I'm going to grow and I'm going to go into my promise and my purpose because I'm not looking back. I'm not going to cross Jordan back. I'm going to live in the land of milk and honey. I'm going to You know what? You go ahead and go. You want to let down? You want to quit preaching you want to live like the world you accept the God of this age oh God help you but as for me and my house uh, hallelujah 
As for me and my house. Matter of fact, put that scripture up if you don't mind. Joshua 24, 15. Amen. What was it that Joshua would later say? Another one of those that was willing to have the, the character to, to pursue. He said, And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. What is he saying? I choose. I decide. I'm not going to serve the gods before the flood. I'm not going to serve the gods after the flood. I'm not going to serve the gods of my neighbors, but I choose to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I choose. Somebody say it's a decision. Your decision determines your destiny. Nothing else will stand in your way if you decide I'm living for God. I made up my mind when He filled me and thrilled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk in that promise. I'm not looking back. I'm not turning back. Come on and praise Him in this house. We are living in a day where people are making their determinations on life on a feeling. Can I tell you, love's not a feeling. It's a decision. If you, if you, if you don't make love a decision, we learn... Over the over at the at the spring conference, what a honeymoon is and what a honeymoon means, and it's an interesting thing. You have to sometime listen to that. But honeymoon gets over. It means you actually are no longer intoxicated. You get drunk on love, and but it says come a time when the honeymoon is over, you got to turn around, and there he is. And for the first time, you realize he's got a tooth that looks like this. And you realize he's really ch chunkier than you thought. I'm only going to talk about the guy. I'm not going to even talk about the ladies. But you look around and his breath is like, like, like something crawled up in his mouth and died. Love is a decision. Living for God is a decision. A daily decision. I choose. As for me and my house. All these gods around us, it's a decision. I'm not going to take the gods of the Amorites. It's a decision. I choose the Lord God of glory. Amen. Can I tell you, worship is a decision. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. Prayer is a decision. Faithfulness is a decision. Amen. Living holy is a decision. And decisions is what will get you through. For Daniel and his buddies, as they were headed to Babylon, before they had to decide, are they going to eat the king's meat and drink the king's wine? Before they had to decide, am I going to stop praying or am I going to go to the lion's den? Before they had to decide when the music plays, will I bow and worship this God? Before all that decision was made, they made a decision that they were going to be very conscious about what they ingest and what they do. Amen. They decided on the journey. I will tell you, you better decide today because there will come a time when the enemy says, just stay here on this other side of Jordan. It's really prosperous here. Amen. But I'm going to tell I, I know I'm going to face a lion's den and I better be ready to pray now. Amen. 
Joseph decided not to sin against God. It was that decision that led him into his destiny when he said no to Potiphar's wife. When he left his coat as she wanted to have sex with him and he left his coat and was accused of rape and went to prison and it looked like you lost, Joe. It looked like you lost. But really what it was, it was setting his destiny. If you'll live by your convictions, if you'll live by your belief, I want to tell you what you're doing is that you're setting your destiny even when it doesn't look like you're setting your destiny. And you know the story. He ultimately became the second in command under Pharaoh. Noah decided to live righteous in a wicked world and build a boat. And his family was saved. He decided to be righteous before he built the boat. Got to make a decision. Look, look at what the Bible speaks about of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing, somebody say choosing, decision, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasure of sin for receiving a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of reward, and by faith forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Hmm, hear me today. For he endured as seeing him who was invisible. You know what his destiny was? Christ. His destiny was I'm keeping my eye on Christ. And rejecting Egypt is not a bad, uh, it's not a hard decision because I see Christ. Anybody in this house see Christ? Anybody in this house see your destiny? Anybody say that it's worth it? It's worth it. Now, I want to get practical. I want to get very practical and, and get down to where we are. In case you haven't read or haven't been following the news, the, the, the giant company that is known as Disney has decided that their future is going to be promoting an anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-family agenda. Disney has... Over 200,000 employees. They own all kinds of media outlets. They own ABC. They own ESPN. They own Hulu. You can just go Google and find out what all they have. But this, that, just this past week, they have said that their goal now is to have 50% of the LGBTQ uh, community as 50% of their, their stars. 50% of what they're showing. They just are now releasing a show with a young teenage girl who is a lesbian. She's the star of the show, okay? Not just some kind of side character, which is bad enough, but she's the star of the show, and she's also a witch. And so they're coming in and bringing it to your children and serving you witchcraft. Serving this world witchcraft, anti-family, anti-God, I'm not talking politics. That, that, that's not, this is not politics. This is, this, you know me. I, I believe, it is my belief and my, my theory is that 
We need to be looking at the Antichrist as being a way of thinking and a way of acting. A way of thinking and a way of acting. And at some point in time, we've got to decide, as for me and my house, I draw the line here. I draw the line here. I'm going to tell you what, what, what I am doing. And I want to, if you want to do this, that's up to you. But I'm telling you what I am doing. What Sister Gill and I are doing. We've canceled every subscription that's connected to Disney. I refuse to give them another dime. And you've heard people preach about don't go to Disney years ago. I'm preaching it again. I refuse to give Disney another nickel. I refuse to let that be my money go for them to tear up families and destroy homes and destroy lives. There's plenty other things that you can watch. Plenty other things out there that are more wholesome, that are family oriented. But as for me and my house, as for me, and you know what, I'm, 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 I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk down this. Look at everything that Disney owns. They own Marvel. Guarantee you, the Marvel movie uh, uh, genre is going to get. Very vulgar. It's going to get very anti-family. Oh, I know they have great quality. I know what all they're going to do. They own Star Wars. They're going to get very uh, militant about the agenda of anti-family, anti-Christ. Amen. So I say, as for me and my house, the music is playing. I, the video is playing. But as for me and my house, I've decided I want the promise. I've decided I want the blessing. I do not have to be entertained. I do not have to be in it. And I realize there are some great people that work for Disney. And there's, there's probably a lot of Christians that work for Disney. But I want to tell you, that's not the driving force. Would to God they'd stand up and say, enough, enough, enough. Amen. So where are you going to stand? What, what kind of conviction are you going to have? Say, I'm going to just let that come in my house. I want to tell you, I would not allow a witch in my house without first casting the devil out. Man, praise God. Pastor just got radical. Pastors, no, I'm talking about the key to destiny. I'm talking about the key to destiny. And I'm not the only pastor that's preaching this today. I'm not the only pastor that is declaring this today. There are denominal preachers that are saying this very same thing. It's time for the church to stand up and say, all right, enough. I don't have to be entertained by your mess. I don't have to have ESPN. Praise God. There's a land flowing with milk and honey. And I refuse to settle in middle ground and not get my promise. It was a decision that caused the prodigal son to get out of the pig pen and make his way home. It's a decision. He said, I will go to father's house. It's a decision. I can't live for God. I've got this. I've got that. I've got this. this. No, it's a decision. It's saying, I will. The Lord's going to help me. I've got some things I need to conquer in the promised land. I've got some ites and isms and things I need to conquer. But I'm going anyway. I'm going to my promise. Amen. It was Adam and Eve's decision that got, kicked them, got them kicked out of the Garden of Eden. It was blind Bartimaeus' decision to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And he was healed of his blindness. It was a decision that the woman with the issue of blood, weak and frail and, 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 and having no strength in her because of the blood loss in her body, pressed her way. Pressed her way. I've decided I'm going to Jesus. I've decided that I need my promise that my issue has got to be healed. It is your decision and my decision that will move us closer to the presence and promise of God. So I echo the words as you're standing today. I echo the words of Joshua. Choose you this day. Your promise is before you. Your promise is before you. Choose you this day. I picked this word. I said I choose this word. It's not a matter that I'll live for this word, but am I willing to die for this word? Am I willing to just simply say, I believe this so he's brought me so far? Amen. Sister Haley, he's already brought you so far. He's already brought you so far. He's got so much more for you. Amen. He's got so much more for us. I'm gonna walk in that. I'm gonna walk in the promise that he's got something for me. Lord, today, God, I pray that there would be a decision. That would grab our hearts today. That would grab our hearts today. That says, I'm crossing the Jordan into my promise. I'm willing to say goodbye to my wandering years in the wilderness. I say goodbye to Egypt. I say goodbye to my flesh. And oh God, I am going to pursue after you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Is there anybody that feels that today? Won't you step out? Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.